0: Hello Ducks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Quack Report. Thank you very much for tuning in today. My name is Nate Thomas. I'll be your host today. Carter's not with me unfortunately today he just has some personal stuff to uh to attend to. So you're stuck with me for at least the first little bit of this show. Um we we've kind of talked before Carter and I of how, you know, I'm I'm definitely more the bounce off kind of guy. So this will definitely be a little bit interesting for me, but uh you know, please stick with me here. Um I'm going to be talking to you guys about the Seattle Kraken game uh, from Friday. And then I'm going to have Audie James from the Barnburner Hockey Podcast join me to talk the upcoming game against the Calgary Flames and just some other stuff going around the NHL. We'll play a little bit of a uh, word association game and just have a have a good time, I think. So on this, uh, we're recording on Sunday, obviously, with the episode being out Monday. So um, I, yeah, I guess we you know. We don't really have the normal kind of banter back and forth. Carter and I, let's just get right into uh, this game here. The ducks playing the Kraken on Friday night, uh, unfortunately losing this game four three was the final score for the Kraken Jordan Eberle tucking in that final goal with uh, 18, uh, 18 into the third period there with about le- less than two minutes left. Um, it's not the first time we've had that happen to us, unfortunately. And, it would have been nice to, you know, take the game to overtime, but I mean, really what what are you going to do about it with a chance like that that Jordan Everly had? Um just unfortunate, but this is a team that uh, you know, we we just got to we got to move on from this, I think. And uh, you know, we're we're fighting for we're fighting for the playoffs right now at this point. Uh we're currently sitting as of Sunday the second wild card position uh in the western standings there just pulling it up here vegas sitting in first place with 59 points calgary now sitting in second with 58 uh with uh 45 games played which is four more in hand than we have uh with the la kings sitting in third spot there with 55 points the same as us but they have two games in hand uh, St. Louis has that first wild card spot with uh, 46 games played, three games in hand to the Ducks and 59 points. So we're looking at a bit of an uphill battle, uphill battle here, especially with the Dallas Stars and the Edmonton Oilers just hot on the heels for that wild card spot. Dallas with 45 games played and 52 points. So we'll have to see what happens there. And same with the Oilers, played 45 games and have 51 points. So this Ducks team is really going to have to, you know, Put the hike up the suspenders, however, you want to, whatever analogy you want to use, or that sort of thing. And they really got to start playing some, uh, some hockey and getting, you know, those two points as, as often as they, as they can. So they, uh, really got to pick it up here. But we saw a lot of, we did see a lot of good things, I think, in this game. Uh, one of them, obviously, being Isaac Lundestrom. He's been doing very well, I think, actually, on that third line. Um, you know, he's still been able to contribute in a, not necessarily a third line way, I feel like um, I really enjoyed having him on that third line just it it, it gives it a little bit more depth, I find, and uh just you know the line of him grant and Silverberg, I know a lot of people on Friday were kind of harping on uh their grant, and you know i I definitely see the uh the reasons for it and whatnot. Taking a look at the uh, advanced dance, and I'm I'm going to try to simplify things because some of the advanced dance stuff I'm still learning myself, but I, I know enough of it at least. Um, that line of Londonstrom, Silverberg and Grant had 16 attempted shots on net, which was tied for first for that game. Uh, for Ducks lines. Uh, that other line was Getslaff, Terry, and Henrique, which you know is your is your starting lineup, your first line there. So, uh, nine of those 16 uh, attempted shots by that third there. Being on net and one of them actually going in, um. So you know that that line is and and Lundestrom especially were uh really going that night. I'm just pulling up Lundestrom's stats from the night. Obviously the two goals and uh, yeah, where is it here? We got yeah two goals in the night for him. Uh, was a plus two, and you know he, he only had the two shots on net, so. Uh, you know, he he had a at a hundred percent shooting uh shooting percentage there, uh for that game and uh you know he d- he did all right I think on the faceoffs as well as maybe not the numbers that you're looking at but um, I don't think really anybody did besides uh, Adam Henrique and Brian Getzlaff really there uh Isaac Lundstrom uh forty one point two percent of the faceoff dot there with uh, just under sixteen minutes of time on ice for that game. Uh, Ryan Getzlaf leading the team for uh face-offs that night at 53.3% uh, with 20 minutes and 28 seconds on the ice there. Uh, I mentioned Adam Henry cause he has a hundred percent on the face-off, but I think he only took the one draw, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, but yeah, so there was definitely some good things to look at there with uh, Isaac Lundstrom in that third line, just really trying to carry this team as much as they could uh, shots were 27 uh, a piece for either side. And, uh, you know, the ducks doing all right on the power play. They did go one for two. So, you know, there, there is some positives there and I'm trying to give all these positives because, um, I'm not trying to be negative later on, but there's definitely going to be a couple things where it's, you know, it's, it's kind of the things that cost us the game or that, um, yeah, this team, you know, did all right with the, uh, with the penalties as well. Um, they, they're overbloated because there was that fight of, uh, Nick DeLorean. I forget who he was going against. I think it was Johnson. If I'm, or no, I'm thinking of a different thing. Um so eleven mids for either side and um but you know we were just we were losing face off face off percentage was fifty five to, to forty four. That's not exactly what you want to be seeing and you're not gonna really be controlling the the puck a whole lot if you're if you're missing out on those chances. So and um if I'm remembering correctly as well from the uh ESPN broadcast they were talking about how the ducks only had one shot in the last thirteen minutes of the game. That's not what you want to be seeing. Obviously. And uh, you know, it's, it's kind of what I've talked before that there's some some bad habits, I feel like, from the last couple of years creeping back into this uh this ducks team and their game and you you gotta squash those as soon as as soon as possible, right? You, um you want the you want the shots on net. You know, I was happy with the shots that we had and everything like that. And um but you know, I, I feel like the the offensive game was just honestly kind of average and I think the numbers uh show it as well. So but uh you know, just we had a we had a hard time maybe a little bit defensively. Um Ryan Donato having five shots on net, two of those being goals. And uh, you know, it just it, it really doesn't look good when uh you know, especially when you're looking at some of the uh additional like the underlying numbers and that sort of thing, where he only had a point one five expected goals in all situations and scoring two goals, that's not really what you want to see. Um and I believe part of that had to do with uh, John Gibson himself. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, he's still hung over from partying in Vegas or that sort of thing. But, and I mean, if if you listen to the show before, you know, I'm there, there's, we love Gibson here. Right. And I, I think all Anaheim fans can attest to that is that we all love Gibson. Right. He's been a fantastic goalie for us for years. Every now and then, you have the rough game and it, it it comes with the territory and I think that's for every player as well. To, uh this game though against Seattle was the one where, you know, if he just played even a little bit better, we could have had this. Taking a look over at moneypuck.com. Um this game is a duck's is a ducks win. Uh they've simulated seventy eight point one percent of the time uh out of a thousand simulations. So um not to kind of Pin it onto one guy, but John Gibson was just not on it for this game. Uh, taking a look here at some of his uh, his stats, there where like you, it, this is kind of one of those cases where the stats and the eye test do line up um, and show both the same thing that he just he didn't unfortunately have a uh, that that great of a game. Uh, Gibson's expected goals against, so just you know taking into account. The types of shots that were coming in, how high danger, or that sort of thing, kind of the, the chance on them. Uh, expected was supposed to be 1.49, so less than two goals a game, right? So if, obviously you can't have a, in, in real life, you can't have a half goal, right? So expected for one goal against, and he had four there, um, so for the negative uh 2.5 on the goal safe above expected. that's not what you want to be seeing um hopefully it is just a one-off i feel pretty confident to say that it should just be a one-off we've we've seen way better from gibson just this wasn't his night but unfortunately it did cost the team uh taking a look at just even like the shots that the kraken had and especially the ones that went in the net um See if I can uh, see if I can pull this up here, actually. And it'll kind of just help me explain what I'm uh, what I'm trying to show here. Um, If you're uh, and this is a great opportunity as well, if you're watching to be watching us on uh, on YouTube or Twitch when we're streaming these as well. So you can see these visuals that we bring up every now and then. And uh, yeah, so here we'll bring it up here. So we got uh, this is again from moneypuck.com. We're going to zoom in here on the Seattle or the yeah. Seattle and where the Ducks have uh, were shooting there, uh, you have a 3.5 chance of scoring from the uh, uh, Zarnick goal. Uh, we'll go to the high slot there, which is a 6.1% chance. That was uh, one of the Donato goals um, in the second period there another one seven percent chance that was just on the uh the right side of gibson that was that jordan Everly goal that gave them the lead and consequently the win as well um then you go even a little bit farther to the bottom uh of the circle there and you had a 3.2 percent chance of scoring uh for yanni gord there in that case that's just not something that you want to be seeing like those low danger shots and chances going in the net um when you can't like when you in this case consistently have those going in it's going to be hard to crawl back from that um and i i realize i kind of just backed out of it but um for the visuals at least but the ducks man they were swarming the net had great chances uh to all three of their goals coming at in high danger chances of uh you know like 23.2% 30% chances right like those are the ones that you want those are the ones that you expect to go in not back in the other end where you have you know seven percent at most that's not what you want to be seeing so hopefully this can get turned around I think for uh for the next game and um yeah hopefully just a little bit of the Vegas the All Star hangover right so this is obviously not the John Gibson we're used to watching and uh yeah just hope that it, it it turns around and he has a better game uh versus Calgary on Wednesday which again we'll get into that we're gonna have Audie James here on the show uh in just a little bit here just once we're done wrapping up uh talking about this game um like i said i'm trying not to be too negative to this because you know i think the i think the rest of it was really good just i i feel bad for blaming one guy but man you you look at the numbers and gibson did not help whatsoever with all four of those goals being considered low danger attempts um when you're when you're looking at advanced stats this is something you're wanting to get into as well you have your low danger your medium and your high danger chances right um and all of these attempts uh that went in were low danger chances right those are not ones that you should be having go in and that sort of thing um at least as often as they did in this game for the four times right so um one more thing here that i had about this game and you can also let me know what you thought about this game unless you just want to move on from it which i totally understand you can let me know at quack report pod on twitter uh remember i run that social media account for for us here at tqr um i I love the engagement and everything like that so you can shoot a dm you can just you know tweet at us um it doesn't necessarily have to be about this game or that and you can also you know leave a comment in the uh in the comments there on youtube um we do go through those we do reply to as many as we can and that sort of thing so uh yeah be sure to interact with us over there and like and subscribe while you're there and uh if you're just listening to us on on your podcast right now be sure to give us a a five-star review so Uh, The last thing I wanted to talk to talk about in this game before we uh, we'll head to a quick break there and uh, bring on Audi. Uh, Man, just in the third period there, the Zgris and Dunn thing. Zgris. I, I, okay. I'm removing the rose colored glasses and I'm doing my best here, Uh, especially being uh, a ref myself for so many years. Zgris did deserve, I'll say two minutes that that was warranted and that was correct. However, the Vince Dunn slash looking like Paul Bunyan out there, uh, with like the full body rotation to hack the back of Zegras's leg. I even showed this to uh, my girlfriend who, who is a hockey fan, but obviously not in kind of the same level as you or I who are you know listening to these podcasts or just heavily invested in the sport, let alone a team or that sort of thing. Um, I just asked for her, you know blind opinion and that sort of thing of, okay, does this look like this guy's actually trying to hurt him? Or is this just, or is this kind of getting blown out of proportion? And she says that looked more like she, like he, uh, like Vince Dunn was trying to hurt Zegers, right? It just got too under his skin and he just went for it pretty much. Um, I did pull up the rule as well for, uh, for attempt to injure is what a lot of people, uh, including myself think that should have been called. Honestly, Uh, rule 43 in the NHL rule book, you can find this all on the NHL website as well. Um. So a match penalty shall be imposed on any player who deliberately attempts or who deliberately injures an opponent. The circumstances shall be reported to the commissioner for further action. A substitute for the penalized player shall be permitted at the end of the fifth minute. Uh, A match penalty can be assessed for the following infractions. Yada, yada, yada goes down. Slashing is in there, which is slashing is rule 85 in the NHL rule book. Um, And... Yeah, it's 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 a match penalty, right? Um, I believe that uh, Dunn should have gotten a higher penalty than he actually got. I understand from the ref's perspective, you're just trying to get them both out of the situation and whatnot, but then you're throwing them in a penalty box for the two minutes, and they're just, like and as we saw on the broadcast, they're just gonna bark at each other the entire time and uh, and go at each other. And luckily, nothing else came out of it because I'm not not that I don't have confidence in trevor Zegers, but I don't think Zegers is necessarily a fighter right um he's a little bit more he he is our he's our star player he's our guy who is is his job is to go out and score uh to to make plays to get assists and that sort of thing and um well not necessarily so he, his job is out there to to amaze all of us with his his beautiful stick handling and stuff like that right he's 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 not the guy that we call on to fight that's Nick Delorier who uh did his job earlier in the game as well. So um but yeah that's just my opinion on it. Let me know as well in the comments if you're again if you're on YouTube or tweet at us uh what you thought the consequence should have been for Vince Dunn. Should is was the two minute okay and I maybe still have the rose colored glasses on. Uh or should it have been more, right? Should it have been a match penalty? Um I I wouldn't go as far to say like suspension or fine worthy by any means, but uh, there definitely should have been, I think, a bit more punishment in the game itself. Uh, so you guys can let me know uh, what you think about that. Now, I'm sure, you know, you're normally used to hearing me talk for long spurts uh, on a regular episode. I'm sure it's a little bit more right now with Carter not being here to kind of interject in the middle of me or that sort of thing. So I'm going to give you guys a bit of a break here. We're going to hear from our buddies over at DraftKings, And on the other side, again, I'm going to have Audie James on uh, with me here talking ducks versus flames coming up on Wednesday and uh, some other stuff going on. So stick around and we'll be back. Yeah, we will be back (laughs) in just a moment. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available to play in your state yet, don't worry about it. You can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state specific responsible gaming resources. Voidware prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline 1 800 889. 9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit
1: ccpg.org
0: slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. All right, and we are back, and I am pleased to now be joined by the other half of the hockey or the of the barn burner hockey podcast. We had his uh, his co-host James Johnson on earlier in the year. I think it was before the Flames home opener, like right at the start of the season. There, please welcome onto the show, Audie James. Audie, thanks for joining me, like last minute, pretty much, bud. (laughs) Of course, dude. Hey, I've always got time for you. Uh, you oh, I you know that I feel a, touched. Uh, you should. You
2: should. I've always got time for you and and I got to say man, yeah, I know you're uh you you do your pre-recorded ad reads and that's cool but maybe one day <laughs> you'll uh one day you'll get on my level and do the uh do the live ones. I don't know if you heard the one with Flash but uh <laughs> it was our most recent episode and I was like Uh, it was the perfect opportunity. Like Flash literally brought up the Super Bowl and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I I was going to transition right into it, but I had to say, like I had to, I stopped and appreciated the moment. I'm like, gotta acknowledge it. Yeah, it was good. Every single time I do a live ad read, I wait for the perfect opportunity, and you just set it up for me. So thank you. And with that, <laughs> went into it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, you did great, buddy. You did great. You'll you'll get huh.
0: to you'll get to the live <laughs> ad reads one day. <laughs> soon. I'll I'll help you out with that one. I did start with the live stuff, and then I realized, hey, my. like my first degree is in audio engineering and that kind of (laughs) stuff i'm like i can literally hash this out in 10 minutes and have it ready to go and, and like make it sound nice instead of like Potentially fumbling over my words or something like that. So yeah, that I'm was like it's, it's just easier for me at this point. So I was like, yeah,
2: we could edit it or we could just say screw it and and go uh, go right for the for the live ad read. It's fun. It's fun. It, it makes it a little more challenging and, and more uh, uh let my creativity juices flow, if you will.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And I think we were I think we were talking about it on uh, the episode that Carter and I were on with you guys on uh, the Barnburner Hockey Podcast there. Of uh, you know, it's normally me just running my mouth for a little while and then Carter going, okay, Nate needs a break. Here's an ad. So yeah, yeah. it gives it gives me a break. <laughs> it's like depending on how long the like the DraftKings thing is for the week, right? It could be like a minute and a half, which like you can just kind of chill out for a second, have a yeah, drink oh, yeah. have a check drink, up on Twitter or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so it's been uh been a little bit more interesting this episode with not having Carter around that it, it's literally just me talking the entire time and i i feel bad for our listeners that uh, you don't have that breakup of carter's soothing voice so but uh once again he will be back uh on wednesday so and uh i'll, I'll be i'll be very excited for that day to come back we I'm, I'm not <laughs> I, I hope everybody's enjoying no this respect so far <laughs> 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 i hope everybody's enjoying the episode so far because like you'd think with how much i talk it'd be easy for me just to continue to talk on my own but like I was having to fill my outline just with so many points for uh, that game against Seattle yeah. that they just played just so I could have something to talk about. So it's but, hard, man. Uh,
2: it's hard. When I ventured down into the audience, uh, audio Audi in the slot, I-, I tried to venture off and do my own podcast and like just a solo show. And, it's uh it's a lot easier said than done like it makes you appreciate guys like Jim Rome who who do a, a live show on their own and have you know always have something to talk about there's no dead air mm-hmm. it's always filled with information it's it's tough like it's definitely not easy so it, it makes you have like a greater appreciation and respect for those
0: kind of guys for sure yeah absolutely and uh the one that i really like to listen to is uh is jeff merrick and mm-hmm. uh, you know he'll bring guests onto his show and he's always got great guests uh coming onto that show there on uh on sportsnet radio but uh yeah he's a he's a guy that can just continue to to talk as well and yeah have things to talk about and everything like that which i mean lately in the hockey world there has been a lot to talk about but, oh, yeah um but yeah just the way that he's able to to do it man like I'm, I I was even telling Carter because he had to do an episode a couple of weeks ago on his own because I was being a selfish son of a bitch and I went to celebrate. I went to celebrate my birthday, and uh, I was saying to him though, I was like, "Man, like you did it way better than I think I could." So props to you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, one thing quick though before we get into uh, into some Calgary Flames talk, uh, once again they're going to be playing the Anaheim Ducks on Wednesday. That game's going to be at six thirty p.m. Pacific time uh you are the play-by-play for the Drumheller dragons the uh alberta junior hockey leagues uh or one of their teams um Mm -hmm. i've never asked you actually how did you get that job and how long have you been doing that because you've been doing it as long as i've known you
2: yeah i well this is my second year doing it for the dragons last year um it was kind of an interesting situation one of my one of my really good friends is the uh business manager for the team. Yo it's a, whenever i tell people that it's so it's not so flattering because it's like i had an in, right? But yeah. <laughs> uh um it was funny it kind of came up. It was during the uh obviously covid uh was was a big thing last season across the well i mean everywhere. It was it's still a big thing, but um in the AJHL it was part of their return to play program. They started the year uh it got shut down and then they did cohorts where they were gonna divvy up and uh, divide the divisions up and play just play, uh, play teams within those uh, cohorts. Um, and they weren't they were only doing home broadcasts so the way that drum does it is uh, they were up until this season they did simulcast um, on Real Country 910 and drum Heller and on hockey TV. Uh, the dragons wanted to kind of part ways with that so they had just a designated radio team. And they were going to have a designated hockey TV team. So with that, the opportunity came up that there was a position for color, which is what I started doing last year. Um, and basically, Connor, their, uh, their uh, hockey uh, or their business manager guy, excuse me, was uh, he reached out to me and he said, hey, you know, I know you do podcasting and I know you got the YouTube channel. And I know that this is something that obviously you wanted to kind of venture into. Is it something you'd be interested in? And I was like, "Well, yeah, of course, but I've never done it before, so it's gonna be a little <laughs> bit of a a new venture, like diving in head first, and so he uh he said, "Hey, okay, sounds good. uh, send us a demo tape. And I'm like, the fuck what do you mean? send a demo tape how do How do you want me to do a demo tape? So I literally went into YouTube and found just like random people's uh like n h l twenty one gameplay footage. Uh, Mm -hmm. on broadcast, like on the broadcast setting. So you could see it like it's an actual broadcast. And so I downloaded it without watching it just to try to uh, like to make it more authentic without like any kind of practice. And so I downloaded that, put it into a a program where I could do voiceover and just did recorded only play by play first, but leaving pauses for color. So I did that for a period's worth of, of footage. And then I rendered that out, put that back into the voiceover program and then did the color. So I was the play by play and the color. So, because I wasn't sure at that time if I wanted to do, if I was going to be doing color or play by play. So I sent that off to them and they were like, okay, perfect. Sounds good. Show up at the rink at this time and, and like basically <laughs> throw, you, throw you to the wolves. Uh, and it was at that point where I found out I was doing color last year. I uh, did that for eight games before the league got shut down due to COVID again. Um, and then this year, their play by play guy had actually moved on and they asked if I would be interested in doing. The play-by-play for the, just exclusively the hockey TV side of it, so uh, that's kind of how that came into it. And uh, it's yeah, it's been a lot of fun, man. I'm really enjoying it. It's a heck of a league. The HHL is definitely not mm-hmm. a league you want to sleep on. Lots of really good talent comes out of there. We see Kale McCarr was a product of the Brooks Bandits, um, and yeah, exactly. you know, Currently, uh, Rieger Lorenz and Okatokes. I I like keep pumping his tires up on Twitter and saying you need to you need to remember this kid's name because. I will be damned if this guy doesn't make an impact in the NHL someday. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it was kind of a, just a different situation that kind of led to it. But it's uh, it's been really good. It I was actually on radio last night doing the color in uh, in Calgary. So it's fun to kind of fill in and go back to where you started doing color again. But it's been good.
0: Nice. Yeah, I uh, you're talking about the Ocotox Oilers there. The only Oilers team I think I'll ever cheer for and uh <laughs> it's it's always that inside track right that kind of that helps you out or that sort of thing um i even gotta give a shout out to mike gould who uh he's the uh pa announcer there for mm-hmm. the okotoks oilers and he messages me the one day this was in uh like late october and he's like hey what are you up to on this day and i'm like "Oh, don't really have anything why um and he's like do you want to come up to okotoks we need a uh we need a game day host uh, i was like all right i've never done anything like this <laughs> though but sure let's try it out so it was uh yeah it was really interesting you know i got like strapped with the radio and everything like that you got to like tell where you are and like they got they have a very nice uh like videotron one right of the best ice, one right? of the best arenas in the aj so you know i got to like tell them where i am so that the camera can find me and everything like that and of course the first like intermission or like uh tv timeout game that i'm about to play with somebody The microphone glitches, and I'm just, I'm just, it's just me looking up at the board trying to explain something, and nobody can hear me. And so they just cut, and I'm like, son of us, like, we're looking at it. And yeah, it's just a weird glitch. Like, nobody could figure out what was happening, but suddenly it was working. And we're just like, all right, we'll go try it again. So (laughs) so it it was like the first time that everybody really heard me, though, because we went back to that game later in the game. First time everybody heard me was, myself uh on the ice we were playing like this rolling tire challenge yeah yeah. like uh, you do that a lot like participants in the corners and they had to roll (laughs) like a truck tire to center ice whoever got it closest and so everybody's first impression of me was me talking into a microphone talking to tires no 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 go that way you want to go to center (laughs) ice not towards the boards and i'm just looking Stupid, probably, but uh, yeah, no, it's fun gotta, and that's yeah,
2: that's where you start,
0: though, right? Like, that's
2: that's just like that's where you know, and I'm not saying that anything's gonna drastically come from you know, my calling of games in the AJHL or you know, even your in arena hosting, but like, that's 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 how you get your foot in the door, right? Like, yeah, that's exactly, where, that's the that's the grassroots of it all, where it's uh, you know, you look back if you do get a successful career in this industry, and it's uh you're you're appreciative of these junior leagues in more ways than just the uh you know the hockey that you get to watch
0: yeah absolutely and uh even then i'll, I'll give a shout out to uh dylan and Isha at the hockey podcast network as well mm-hmm. for even giving us uh this chance we were two episodes into uh our own show it was the the shooting around show is what we called it and um was just supposed to be like kind of general hockey talk or that and they're like hey we need somebody to cover the ducks um would you guys like to do it and it was carter and i and at the time a buddy of ours uh steven so we're like okay calgary fan edmonton fan colorado fan covering the (laughs) ducks uh what could go wrong yeah exactly what could go wrong might as well so but uh i've got to have flashbacks to this though because for that show i was the host of it and it it wasn't great i'll tell you that much for free but uh (laughs) Yeah, I'm just kind of having flashbacks to uh, to that a little bit, so. But yeah, you know they they picked us up, and they were just right right away. There, like we can see kind of the the potential in you guys. So good um, scouting
2: department they have there.
0: Yeah, apparently similar to us. We we were with a network that shall not be named, and yeah, uh, no, nope, not going to say anything. And
2: uh, Isha, same thing. He was like, yeah, you know, we love what you guys are doing. We'd love to have you over. There's just no room. And then we got Valamaki, and Isha messages the like the next day. He's like, <laughs> okay, you guys want to come on? <laughs> <laughs> like
0: all right sure so oh well, they were into and dylan for sure yeah and i knew they were really supportive when you know all of that shit oh, was going time. down pretty much and uh, yeah and uh, i even remember like i'm not i'm not trying to take credit for it by any means but like you asking to call me or that he's like hey like just like hey can i can i talk to you for a moment yeah i'm just call, like I called you the one i'm day. like shit what like what what's going on like why, why do you need to call me uh, yeah sure go ahead and then you just <laughs> kind of explained what was going on and yeah dude you definitely didn't make a mistake uh i don't think oh for sure no man
2: THPN, we, So uh, we've been having a blast and uh this network is night and day difference to where we were before <laughs> and uh yeah it was that that call to you was more so just a just so we don't get ourselves back into the sure. situation yeah. that we were in not that we didn't trust anybody but uh, it's it was definitely a bit of a shit show to say the least yeah
0: <laughs> and one more shout out to Dylan and Isha for uh i, I kind of realized as well that um i mean like i i knew it but just kind of realizing that you're not the only flames podcast on mm-hmm. the uh on the network either there's uh, blasty's corner we have, as you know. well as in the dome and uh, we are still the official Anaheim Ducks podcast of the Hockey Podcast Network. So apparently, we do that well of uh, not not saying that you guys don't. Don't think this is the wrong way. I was <laughs> gonna say, we, what is this getting at we, here? Apparently, we do well enough work that uh, they don't want anybody else covering Anaheim. So, but uh, it's it's definitely fun to. I, I was at uh, I was at the mall yesterday, and just, I like to go browse in Jersey City and that sort of thing. And I'm looking at the wall of the NHL jerseys, and the one worker comes up to me and. Hey, like, can I, like, what do you, like, are you looking for something today? I'm like, no, just looking at all the jerseys that I'll eventually get. And, uh, (laughs) we're talking. He's like, Oh, who's your, like, who's your teams? And it's like, Oh, Calgary and Calgary and Anaheim and. I was like, yeah, I know it's a bit of an odd pairing. I was like, Calgary is the team I grew up with, and Anaheim became a fan through work. And he's like, through work? And I was like, yeah, I covered the, cover the Ducks for the last three years now for THBN. And he's like, oh, that's sick. So. <laughs> and, uh, it, it definitely gets some cool reactions, though. Oh, being for like sure. A Southern Alberta kid who's covering Southern California. Southern California, so. yeah. It's a night and day difference, but, but I mean, yeah. it's it's all good in the end. Oh Man, so we've been talking for like 15 minutes. We haven't even gotten into what I actually wanted to talk about yet. This is what happens anytime we're on Bar Burner.
2: Anytime you and I talk, it's always like... We always just
0: go off. It's good, though. It's good conversation. Yeah, as long as it's good conversation. So both the Calgary Flames and Anaheim Ducks are currently fighting for playoff positions. We were recording this on Sunday... The Calgary Flames are sitting second in the Pacific Division currently, forty-five mm-hmm. games played with fifty-eight points, mm-hmm. and the Anaheim Ducks sitting in the second wild card spot, forty-nine games played with fifty-five points. Um, which I think a lot of people saw this coming from uh, from Calgary, especially right. Yeah. Uh, Calgary got hit hard with COVID in December there, where the team had to shut down, similar to Vancouver did last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know, if both our teams continue to do well. This is a matchup that could potentially happen uh, at some point or maybe even the first round if Calgary does decide to uh, you know, play into Daryl Sutter's system and just decide to go <laughs> for first and stop losing games pretty much. Um, as a Flames fan and somebody who covers them, are the Anaheim Ducks a team that you want to face in the first round and why or why not? Historically,
2: I think we talked about it a little bit before <laughs> we hopped on. Historically, no. Um, you know, the, we go back to, uh, the Honda center curse and all that good stuff, but the ducks, especially the ducks right now, I find them, um, they're one of those teams that, you know, on paper, obviously like they've got a lot of talent up and down the lineup, but when you look at the rest of the Pacific division, obviously the Vegas, Calgary, uh, St. Louis is doing well, Edmonton mm-hmm. who's, who's knocking on the door too, right? Like if we look at the wild card standings right now, the ducks hold that second spot. 49 games played, 55 points. Right behind them, four games in hand are the Dallas Stars. They've got 52 points. They're only three points back with four games in hand. And the Oilers uh, sit four points back with four, uh, four games in hand as well. Um, but the thing about the Anaheim Ducks that scares me the most is they're a team that's going to outwork you every night. Uh, they, they earn every win that they get. It's very uh, similar to kind of what we see with, obviously different situations but the way that ottawa earns their wins too yes right they're not they're not they're not the best they're not the sexiest team on paper but they're going to work hard and they're going to you know outwork you every single night and the calgary flames saw that last year in the what nine meetings that they had, I don't, I can't even remember what the record was. I think they went one and eight or yeah, two it was and seven. Not like they, great it was for Calgary. <laughs> it was uh, their their performance was terrible against the Ottawa Senators last year, and that's kind of how I see the Anaheim Ducks earning their wins too. They're beating good teams. Um, there and the the best part about it too is I think Nate they're having fun doing it. They're a team that has a lot of young talent that uh, you know we talk about guys and, and I will get into it. Um. Trevor Ziegris, Maxim Comtois is kind of coming around, Sunny Milano's still young enough. Um, Troy Terry having the year that he's having. Uh this is just a fun team and and they're having fun, they're earning every win and and basically, like the way they're they're winning these games is how you win games in the playoffs too, right? This is you got to battle hard and earn those wins, and that's how the Ducks have been winning games all year. So no, I don't think that it's. I, I want to play the Ducks in the first round. <laughs> Not saying that the Flames can't uh, can't match that intensity. Obviously, the, the the way they've been playing lately is pretty evident that they can take on just about anybody right now. But. Um, yeah, the Ducks are just one of those teams that, and the crazy thing about the playoffs—we talk about it all the time—is once you win around, it's anybody's game, right? If you win around, it, it's a completely different game in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm—I'd be overly thrilled. Could the Flames, you know, fare well against them? Absolutely, but it's likewise with the Ducks—they can uh, match that intensity and match that style of play as well. Like, like another thing to mention too: Daryl Sutter was what he was—a a development or something to do with the Ducks. They're right. They're. uh
0: yeah i Not believe long he ago, was right? one of the advisors for advisor of or advisor staff, yeah yeah so, so and and they did try to they did try to bring him in uh before dallas Eakins. i know that mm-hmm. um but just that wasn't it apparently he uh even like three years ago he had his eyes set on calgary and returned there so for, oh, yeah. uh, for as he said he's got some unfinished business so yeah yeah but and he's he's doing well with that so far but yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think it would definitely be interesting, uh, a series between, uh, you know, the Ducks and Flames. Just you talk about that history between the two, but these teams are nothing alike of what they used to be during those playoff series that they had before, right? Well, mm-hmm. these teams are so much more skilled and fast, and that's not to be a slight by any means. It's just the evolution of the game, right? Right. Um, you'll have, you know, different goaltenders in net at this point. Uh, what the last time that Anaheim and uh, Calgary played in the playoffs was Jonas Hiller and Kari Ramo if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, was it, it sure was. I was uh, I was there
2: for the uh, the nail in the coffin game when the ducks ended up sealing the
0: deal in that series. And uh, but you know now you got Jacob Markstrom who is just absolutely on fire this year. He's currently ha- currently has eight shutouts, leading that category by four. I believe mm-hmm. is Jack Campbell and uh, he side with somebody else as well. Soros, yeah, Saros, I right. I think it's UC Soros. Yeah. So like yeah, Markstrom is just on another level, and he's you know found his groove in a Daryl Sutter system as well. Mm-hmm. That's very defensive, I find. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand as well you don't have you have uh John Gibson who's you know really in his prime at this point which is crazy to say considering he's been in the league for so long you think he's almost on the way out but the guy's only like 27 or something like that so he is just rolling right now um and he shows it nearly every game and i say nearly because i just talked about how the last game against Seattle was not his best by any means and mm-hmm. honestly i think one of the one of the worst performances i've seen from him in, in like the few years that uh, I've been covering this team so but uh, yeah and then you know you have all that offensive talent up front you guys with that first line of Kachuk, Lynn Holm and Gaudreau, which best line
2: uh, in hockey like I'm not cool. not even trying to be a homer
0: best line in hockey right now it is very good and then you go to uh, Anaheim where you could have a combination of Henrik Getzlaff and Terry which is not a line that you would think would like on paper would maybe be as effective as they are you know you have an aging Ryan Getzlaff a young guy in Troy Terry and Adam Henrique, who had fallen off last year to the point that uh, he had been sent down. But then once he came back, you know, he just kind of he just lit it up. So but that whole line has been going off. And then, of course, when you have the pairing of uh, Milano and Zegris on that second line as well. Right. It's kind of that one 2 hit. Um, What are your expectations for this Flames team? We'll, we'll kind of break it up here. We'll go up until the trade deadline, which is. Mm-hmm what, the start of March, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, we got, or I think we're just, a,
2: we're just shy of five weeks, or sorry, just shy of a month out. Okay. Um Because it's the 20th, I believe. Is that what you said? March 20th? Something uh, like that. It, I, like I think about, we're yeah. just just shy
0: of a month, or just over a month away from the trade deadline. So what are your expectations for this Calgary Flames team until the deadline, and then past the deadline, we'll say going to the playoffs? Well, look, it's, it's not going to be an easy ride. I think that,
2: Up until their return this past week or the week before, either way, they have to play 40 games. uh, Or sorry, just before the or after the All Star break, it was 40 games in 80 nights. Uh, So it's it's going to be a lot of hockey down the stretch here for the Calgary Flames. Not a lot of rest, um, but you know what? They've been playing back to backs this week. They've been playing. uh, Obviously, Markstrom started every one of those games they, they've they won six in a row they're on a tear here and this looks like honestly this it's giving flames fans and, and the media a lot to talk about talk about in this market because this team like they're showing glimpses of a team that could go on a run a lot of people referencing O four 4 and kind of like how they nobody expected them to go on a run I think going into this year it was fair with some of the signings and some of the people that they brought in personnel wise that the flames you know weren't going to be as competitive as uh you know they have been in recent years so it's it's interesting up until the like if you asked me at the beginning of the year I think a lot of the conversation was around you know what are we going to do with Gaudreau what are we going to do with Kachuk both expiring deals Kachuk and RFA uh Johnny going to hit the open market and that was kind of like the biggest talking point at this point now it's like what can we do to build around and get some more secondary scoring because this team like legit could go on a bit of a run here Uh, so compared to the start of the season and where we sit now, it's, it's different, but there's, uh, it's still just as much hype because, you know, we, we're still talking about the Gaudrill and Kachuk conversation, but now it's like, how can we build more and kind of, you know, go out into the rental market. Because you know, obviously the Flames are going to have to go out and get a rental. I don't think they're going to get anybody with term unless it's Tyler Toffoli, uh, because they are they are going to have to inevitably re-sign eighty eight, thirteen, nineteen, and fifty eight, right? So uh, there's a there's a handful of guys that are going to need new deals. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, man. The, the conversation's everywhere right now. It's 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 from you know what are we going to do next season? What are we going to do with 13 and, and 19? And, uh, you know, again, what are we going to do with the deadline? But yeah, it's uh, you, well, you know it as well as I do. You're part of the,
0: you kind of part of the whole market as well. in fan base, it's, uh, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, I do have one question for you here. Johnny Gaudreau currently with 58 points, 19 goals and 39 assists in, uh, oh, it doesn't have the games played here. I thought it did. If, Johnny Gaudreau does not re-sign in Calgary. Do you think that slams the window shut on the Calgary Flames or do you think they'd be able to recover from that fairly quickly? I would say I would say 13 like
2: Gaudreau is the uh like he he's the end all be all like you must protect at all costs and and Brad has historically been pretty well or done pretty well in contract negotiations um with players which obviously he's he's drafted well he's he's good at uh, that side of it um yeah if if Johnny Gaudreau walks man I I don't want to say it's a completely slammed shut but given the track record and history of Brad living if if Gaudreau walks I think that the the window is is all but closed because I think that you know if Gaudreau does walk it's all but confirmed that Matthew Kachuk's gonna sign that QO at nine million and then head off to St. Louis or somewhere fun right, uh yeah. that fits that narrative. Uh and then what are you left with, right? Uh, you got Lindholm at that point who's gonna be what probably I think a year, he might even be at an RFA at the end of or a UFA at the end of that year. Um, if I can bring up their cap friendly. But uh I don't wanna say like it's never it's it's always um tough to look into the future that far ahead and say that the window would be completely shut however it it would be a fair assumption that you know it's it's going to be pretty difficult to do anything um to kind of recoup after losing someone who's on pace this year for 104 points at that point you know if kachuk signs his qo uh the the monahan money assuming he stays will be off the books Backlund will be in his last year of his deal lucic's deal will be up Lindholm will have one more year at 4.85. So I don't want to say it's completely shut. Like you're still got good pieces there, and assuming that they bring Manjapani back at a at a decent cap hit, um, the window won't be completely shut. And Brad will be left with some money to kind of go out and maybe spend in free agency. Again, we're looking far out ahead here, but uh, I don't want to say it's completely shut, but it's definitely it it hinders your chances. I'll, I'll leave it at that. It's not going to be completely shut, but. Definitely not uh, promising because I think it's, you know, honestly, it's got to be you want to keep 13 at all costs.
0: Yeah. And I uh, how I'm kind of understanding it as well is that Flames fans definitely don't want to lose good or go into that free agency thing, especially with the uh, the track record of uh, Flames GM for living uh, and his uh, free agent signings in the past. He's you know, he's done well, maybe a bit more recently, say with Jacob Markstrom and uh, Brandon Tanev uh, or sorry, Chris Tanev, you guys bringing them in here. Uh, I got Brandon up on the head because I just did a uh, I just did a wallpaper for a friend who's a massive Tannehill fan and oh there she, you go she, she specifically wanted that like uh, his picture uh, from this year of like with the eyes wide open and everything like that with the big smile yeah that one exactly it's <laughs> like so i got Brandon on the mind right now but uh, you know you, you look a little bit farther back into uh, Brad Living's track record with free agency and you got Troy Brower you got James Neal. Uh, those are some of the bigger ones, right? Troy Brower mm-hmm. being bought out before going to play in Florida, and James Neal getting shopped to Edmonton, uh, Calgary's biggest rival, not old, like a year after his uh, deal was signed in that trade for Milan Lucic. So it'll definitely be interesting for sure. And uh, obviously, the Flames are going to have to be a team that Anaheim you know, Ducks have to watch just for playoff positioning and uh, yeah. a potential first round matchup. So it'll definitely be uh, it'll be interesting to see. However, I got to say, if the Flames and the Ducks do meet up in the first round, I really hope that the Ducks decide not to wear their black jerseys for home and that they decide to wear the orange ones. Because that is a great matchup, I think, of uh, the Ducks home jerseys with the Flames new away ones, the, the white 1980s ones. Looks it's like so a match good. made in heaven oh my so god and they need to
2: they need to go full-time mighty ducks i don't care like th- this is this is uh yeah it's we're, we're a little past this whole duck foot d logo let's go back I, to a hundred percent yeah let's go back to mighty ducks you've been hinting at it let's just let's just <laughs> someone pull the trigger here and let's go you're a jersey guy i know this and i know how much yeah. you like the mighty ducks too so uh let's bite the bullet here boys let's let's get on it
0: <laughs> absolutely uh one more thing i think uh, i want to talk about quick about the calgary flames it does pertain to the anaheim ducks here before we'll take a break yep. uh there was a small rumor for a little bit and i think a lot of gms are doing this but this one just was you know fascinating to me that Brad living was making calls uh, apparently to uh the anaheim ducks on ricard raquel if the flames were to go for ricard raquel we don't have to come to an actual deal or anything like that as like you and I pretending to be mm-hmm. uh pad for beak and brad for living. But yeah, if you were if you were to bring in Ricard Raquel, is there somebody else or a draft pick or something like that that you would want to go with? What do you think would be a fair trade in your opinion? It's probably gonna be different from what Ducks fans think, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. it's but what it's would tough. you be looking for uh, to bring in and to, to get out there?
2: Yeah, it's tough, hey, because he's he's twenty eight. Favorable cap hit. I mean, three point seven eight nine. Um, right-handed shot. Some like a, like a, an area that the Flames could improve on. I think um, is definitely that right-handed shot. It's it's interesting because if you look at it, like the Ducks, they're, they're competitive, right? It, 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 you got to think, like you got to think realistically here um, in a deal within your division. Where you know you're still a competitive team and there's a, you're sitting in the second wild card spot and there's a chance that you could make the playoffs. you really want to lose a Ricard raquel so you got to have something decent coming back you know mm. Brad probably called, but we all know how Brad is uh, we were close, <laughs> but at the end of the day nothing ended up happening um I'd say it's you know uh, it's hard to say like like what do you would you want like a defenseman like you want a, you want a young d man? Would it would a Yuso valamaki would, would that bring uh bring Verbeek to the table and maybe start the
0: conversation around uh Valamaki Plus? I feel like, like what you
2: could, think?
0: I feel like that could be a good start just because the uh the ducks aren't really sure with uh uh Hampus Lindholm. We both have a Linholm our yeah, team. Yeah. <laughs> um just with him having an expiring contract here as well, right? Um mm-hmm. you gotta be careful on that back end, both him and uh it's definitely a smaller number here, but Greg Patteron, just you know, yeah. more of a depth guy. But you're definitely starting to question uh, your defense, maybe a little bit there, just with that Hampus Lindholm one, especially. Uh, there's also uh, Benoit as well as going to be an RFA. So, but he's a well, young Josh Manson we'll too happens. is
2: he's on IR right now, but he's a, he's an expiring yeah. deal, right? Yes, you are correct.
0: Thing. Yeah, I yeah. had to scroll down a little bit there. So he's currently carrying a cap hit of four point one million dollars at uh, thirty years old. So. You bring in a Um,
2: 23-year-old Yusof Valamacki who, you know, like I look at it as a Flames guy as, you know, if Valamacki gets moved, this is just going to be a typical like Sam Bennett situation. This guy's going to get his, uh, you know, it was never going to happen in Calgary moments and turn into a friggin Norris candidate, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, this guy has NHL experience. He hasn't... uh, under this system the we know the coach in calgary is is uh, w- has been hard on him uh mitch love head coach of the stockton heat has been singing the praises about him since joining their team i believe he's got 7 points in 11 games down in stockton something along those lines uh and he's under team control right he'll be a he he's you know i don't know like is it is that enough to like start the conversation is it a yusuf Alamaki? is it a you know cuz the flames could could give up a Valimaki and we still have a Connor Mackey uh, to kind of come in. And if you're still wanting to keep some young defensemen around, uh, is it, is it Valimaki that starts the conversation? Is it Valimaki plus, is it Valimaki plus conditional picks? Like, is it a third that turns into a second or a second that turns into a first? Like, I don't, I I just don't think that the, like the flames would want to go big fish spending on a Ricard Raquel when they've been linked to so many other names too. So like, you probably Mm -hmm. don't want to, you don't want to throw a second that turns into a first if the Flames, you know, resign or win a couple playoff rounds because you could probably use that second that turns into a first or hell even just that first uh, in like a Toffoli or a Pavelski. I don't know. What do you think? Like, what, what kind of what kind of addition would you make to a valamaki uh, to a deal that kind of revolves around use of
0: Valimaki? I feel like it could be picks. Um, I'm also trying to take a look at just what the rest of. The contract situation looks like because obviously you are taking a real off the books you'd probably be looking at free agency to fill something like that there um but you do also have some upcoming contracts uh some rfa guys you got sonny milano mm-hmm. uh sam Steele, isaac lundestrom who's been doing great on that third line actually um even you know carrying the ducks as much as he could against uh seattle there on uh oh what was that friday night yeah um yeah, Ryan left is potentially coming off the books as well. We'll see if he does resign though. It'll probably be uh, you know, just kind of that, that one year at a time until he feels like he's done. So um there's kind of been talks maybe both ways, if he's not sure, that sort of thing. But yeah, I feel like it would be Valimaki and picks to to start and then they would kind of go from there. So I
2: think the best part about starting the conversation with Valimaki, like I mentioned, twenty-three years old. million cap hit this year and next and still under team control uh, in 23-24 when he's an RFA. So, you know, do you take a flyer on on a guy who just needs a fresh start? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we know that Yusuf Alamaki has upside and has potential. Like he just hasn't been given the opportunity. Like would you? I don't know. What? What? <laughs> it's a tough one. Uh, I I uh, would agree on that. Valmet is a guy who
0: should have some more ice time. I think it's from it's what tough I've seen. too
2: because it's not realistic. I don't think that this is something that could happen. But it's a great conversation, right? Mm. Within division, I just don't see it happening. Especially given the Ducks are, uh, you know, the Ducks could make some noise here in the second half of the season and and contend for a playoff spot. So you know, trading within the division and getting rid of you know, kind of helping. A counterpart within your same division, it's not likely, right? So I don't yeah. know. It's tough. It's a good conversation, but I think it's gotta start with a Valamaki. I mean, I'm just trying to see like looking back at Cat Friendly again, what does the left side look like? Fowler, Lindholm, uh Simone Benoit, right? And then what? Josh Mahura?
0: Yeah, like, Josh Mahura, Kevin Chattenkirk. Um Just specifically the left side, though, like and Jamie Drysdale, yeah,
2: yeah. Could 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 a Valimaki come in and and get minutes right away? Is he is he playing uh, is he playing in the A? Like I don't know. It's 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 interesting. It's an interesting conversation, but I think it starts with like a Valimaki kind of prospect, or I don't want to say like Dylan Dubé, but maybe like a Dylan Dubé. Mm -hmm. But then like, what do you? You're just like kind of improving from. from Dubai if you're I don't know I think it's got to start with like Valamaki like that makes the most sense I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's a guy that could be Norris potential if he was given the chance? I don't know if he's got the uh, if he's got the ceiling to be Norris potential. Um we saw it, like this past uh off season he was playing in Finland I can't remember. We talked to when we talked to him he was uh j- he had just returned from Finland. He was just getting settled into Calgary when he was on our show. Uh, and he lit it up he was he was mm. a boy amongst men he lit it up over there and it was uh you know gave flames fans a lot of thought that this guy was going to contend but then oliver shillington had an unreal camp and and he didn't ever take his foot off the gas right he took that spot from vallamaki and vallamaki was eating popcorn uh, up there with Michael Stone and you know good to see hey, at least it's tasty popcorn at least it is good popcorn popcorn is <laughs>
0: so good oh
2: but uh, at least he's getting ice time now with Stockton and he's not sitting on his ass in the press box but yeah I mean I, I could he be nor like I don't know if he's like a top three Norris guy he could he could be a guy that I think he might have the upside to earn votes but I don't think he's you know but given the Flames track record like look at the Bennett trade and I know that he was never going to be that here, but now he's he's scoring at a ridiculous rate. So I don't know. It's interesting. I think that Valimaki could uh, he's got definitely got the upside and the potential and the ceiling, but I just don't know if it's a small sample size too, right? We haven't seen him in a lot of NHL action, and when we have, we've seen him. Yeah, we've seen him look really good. Mm-hmm. We've seen him make some questionable decisions, and the problem with the questionable decisions is that it inevitably led him to less and less ice time because the, the head coach got less and less uh, comfortable playing him. So I think under the right system, like I feel like Dallas Aikens is the guy to take the, like to to bring that potential out in use of Alamaki. Mm-hmm. So I think that would make the most sense if, you know, if he was looking, you know, if we were looking for a Raquel and we were trying to find something to go back the other way, I think it just makes the most sense. I don't know. It's like a kind of like a perfect fit almost. Yeah. For the player. I don't know about the team for the player, for sure. Just a good
0: fit. Yeah. We're talk yeah, we talk about uh Valamaki and you know how he, you know, maybe just doesn't have the best chance in Calgary, just whether it be coaching or whatnot, just not really in favor of him to, you know, as a potential trade to Anaheim. And mm-hmm. I thought of another situation that was kind of similar, you know, it was a player in the Calgary Flames organization that it didn't look like it would maybe pan out. Hey, we'll trade uh with the Anaheim mighty ducks at the time. Uh, You guys, in return, got a uh, 2000 uh, second round pick, which was number 43, Matt Pettinger. And the Anaheim Ducks received J.S. Shiger, who would help us go to the Stanley Cup final in 2003 and win that cup in 2007. So, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing history repeat itself with another player. So. Yeah, historically, when we give
2: people to the Anaheim Ducks, it just always pans out for the team and the player. So yeah, maybe exactly. we pick another. You know, like you can have, <laughs> I don't know, you could take Nikita Zadorov or something. Malfax. you, you <laughs> know my feelings. You know my
0: feelings on Zadorov. Even if he's doing better, I'm still not a fan of him. <laughs> no, All no right. doubt, no doubt. I think we're going to take a quick break here on the other side. We're going to talk about some all-star weekends and play a little bit of a game uh, with our hosts. So we will be back in just a moment.
1: Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bolts broadcast where we talk about the Tampa Bay lightning, have some friendly banter. And of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony noon. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N E U E N. It's Noyenschwander. Anthony Noyenschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know. I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on, you only took it for four years. I took it for two. You took it for two years? Oh no, Don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was like asleep in all of German too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was like me and I don't know, five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible <laughs> class. No. I- we were in terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. I'm uh, not going to mention names. not going to call it anybody in this pod. Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but, uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network.
0: so on uh, one of our last episodes here, Carter and I were talking about the all star weekend and we got uh way more in depth actually than we thought we would. It became like almost like forty five minutes just talking about the skills before we even got to the games themselves um I know you tuned in for the uh for the all star weekend the skills and the mm-hmm. and the games just overall what uh what what did you think of the weekend? It's the first one we've had in a couple of years,
2: yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know it's <laughs> I, I have a very similar opinion to most when it comes to the NHL and its All Star festivities. Um, if I'm, you know, I, I know a lot of Flames fans were upset that Jacob Markstrom wasn't there, but I kind of saw it as a good thing. You know, he's been playing a lot of hockey games, and he could deserve, <laughs> he could earn the rest. There was a, I think it was two years ago where a lot of players were opting out and taking the suspension just because they wanted to go on a deep run, and mm. uh, they took, I think Ovi took a suspension. I wanted to say. Uh, was it Marsh? I don't know if it was Marcian, but either way, uh, Flurry I think, was one of them as well. Or no, he ended up getting hurt. Either way, uh, the rest, I think players, most players would, you know, kind of want more. The All-Star game doesn't mean anything. Uh, you know, you talk about guys at the end of their career three-time all-star well, it's like okay yeah but this guy was hurt and he you know he was a replacement for him and this and that so the all-star yeah. game i don't think means anything among pro sports i don't think all-star games mean much except for when the mlb did it and it it was uh to determine home field advantage in the world series mm-hmm. um which is do, still do that i'm no they took it out okay
0: yeah they took it out i'm a trying of to get years, into so. baseball more so, they took so it. us go learn some things
2: Yeah, they took it out a couple years ago, but that was cool because, like, and and, I mean, the baseball all star game, whatever, people just pimp home runs. It's, it is, it it is what it is. It's, you don't really like, you you try as much as you do in any other given baseball game, right? It's not the most uh, physically demanding sport by any stretch of the imagination (laughs) when you got guys like Bartolo Colon, 600 pounds pitching, throwing 99 mile an hour fastballs. But (laughs) uh, I digress. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, it was good. It was, it was, it was what it was. I want to say it was fun. Like, it was, it was what you'd expect uh, from an NHL all-star game. Um, it's the same thing year after year. I just, it, it doesn't, doesn't really do it for me. I tune in just to see, you know, things like Trevor Zegris participating in the, uh, in the breakaway challenge. Uh, the, the 21 thing was kind of cool that they did in, at the fountain there. Um, but aside from that, the actual all-star game, just absolutely boring, bores me to tears. Uh the guy, what the team wins a million bucks in a new car. It's it's the same old song and dance year after year. It was it was what it was. I'll just call it call it a spade a spade here. Uh, it was an all star game. It was you know the only thing that was on TV that I was watching because <laughs> there were no other hockey games on. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, and funny enough. I only caught I only watched the highlights of the skills comp just because I was calling a great game in drum that night. But uh, um. The highlights apparently was all I needed to see. (laughs) (laughs) I caught
0: the highlights and watched the whole all-star game. When you do tune in for the skills competitions, is there one in particular that you enjoy watching?
2: I like the breakaway challenge. I've always liked like the creativity of it. You know, guys taking off their jerseys and there's a, you know, something on underneath or when Patrick Kane did the Superman thing. And uh, the one, I can't remember who picked up, the kid and then they did the breakaway and then Voracek went and grabbed Goudreau and they did the same thing like that. Yeah. Those are, those are funny. Those are cool. That's about the most excited I'll get. The show was good. I think the show was, I don't know. I'm a big MGK guy. I think he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the show was great. A lot of people were indifferent. I, I tweeted out how I thought the show went and everybody kind of lit my ass up in the replies and the quote <laughs> tweets, but uh yeah, it was, it was all right. The, the, the breakaway is what I look forward to the most. Uh, and, and I like fastest skater just to see because there's it's not the same year after year. Like, you know, hardest shot was almost always zidane Chara's for the longest time. Al McKinnis mm-hmm. won it a boatload of times. Um, but fastest, fastest skater's cool. Like Barzal won it. Uh, Kairou won it. Like, you know, it's McDavid, it's anybody's game, right? So, uh, Dylan Larkin, I think he won it
0: too, but that was before they started from a stop they, that's when they started from the yeah there was the, the whole controversy and like them. yeah yeah that he had the running start on or the like you know the the head start kind of on it yeah, yeah. Not from the start or from the, yeah. from the standstill yeah
2: yeah i don't know i i, I mean it's the fastest skater is good breakaway challenge is good and then the
0: rest is kind of just meh nah. there yeah no i was really glad that they brought back the breakaway challenge because yeah mm-hmm. it, was, it was fun to see players creativity and stuff like that and yeah like i think back to uh patrick kane and the superman ones what he had the his two attempts where he, the, uh, you know, flew along the ice and yeah. threw the puck in. Batted, yeah. The other one, he had the the puck that exploded into like five pieces once yeah. he took the slap shot and that kind of thing. And um, or even uh, even Corey Perry when he was still with the Ducks, he you know stops at the top of the circles and he pulls out a mini stick mini from stick. His, yeah. um, <laughs> his pants and tangles in and stuff like that. And um, I think one of the like the more iconic kind of pictures from uh, you know, those breakaway challenges was uh brian elliott pulling out his phone when he was with st louis turning around and taking a selfie before he came in to shoot so yeah <laughs> the, the-, the breakaway challenge was always fun to me and yeah i really enjoyed this year seeing the creativity of, especially of some of the younger guys right you have uh, we'll, we'll get into zekers obviously but um the, if there was another one that had to be close to it it would have been jack hughes and his whole magician yeah. act with the mini jack yeah I thought that, that was, was cool brilliant so that was so cool yeah um i just I, I yeah i still don't I, think petrangelo like again i dude, i understand I, that like, like this oh. doesn't mean anything i, I know totally but that's get
2: that's worst part about it it doesn't mean shit and they still just like they still make it a joke like petrangelo yeah. didn't even hit the goddamn net with you both the net. yeah he missed the net and it was just boring as shit and yeah. and he ends
0: up winning. I don't know. It's 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 a joke, man. It's just a joke. There were rumors that they were trying to bring Jack Eichel out to be part of that, uh, to kind of have like you know the first reveal of mm-hmm. Michael in full Golden Knights gear and that sort of thing to help a Triangelo out. Which I think that could have been cool. That could have added to it. But we all know in our hearts that it was either Hughes or Zegers that won. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to pick between those two, who do you think wins it? Oh, Hughes? Zegers. Zegers? oh Zegers. Zegers yeah, without a question. beautiful, love to hear yeah. it.
2: You know how hard that
0: is. Not like, pandering to the crowd at all.
2: <laughs> you know how hard. That, no, and it's not even like a. It's not even bullshitting you, like dude. You
0: know, how freaking hard that is. Like
2: I, I can hardly get the puck up on my stick like that <laughs> when I'm on the ice, like in beer league. This guy yeah. did it blindfolded, <laughs> kept the puck on his stick the entire time. It
0: did not touch the ice. well once. mascots were throwing. The dodgeballs at him too yeah it was unreal and he he still didn't oh my god that my uh, f- my favorite part was looking at the camera angle behind the mascots that were throwing the balls and you see wild wing uh who was part of it as well the anaheim ducks mascot yeah. uh throwing his ball but instead of throwing it at zegris he throws it at uh oh who's the who's the special guest goalie for that uh renault oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, he throws it at her instead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i saw that after i was like oh, okay yeah Wild wild he's got the got the priorities straight here yeah i know and it's like
2: i don't know like that that trevor zegers man holy is he ever fun to watch and i'm glad they had him there i was pushing for him to be last man in um was he he was available for last man in? no
0: uh or no, was he,
2: he wasn't. It was Troy Terry who was available oh, for last that's minute. That's right. That's right. Damn. So. Well, I was I was pretty choked to see that he wasn't even invited, but then they they kind of made right by bringing him there. Yeah. But uh yeah, I don't know. It was uh it was unreal. Yeah, uh, Trevor Zegers, like by a mile wins the wins the uh breakaway challenge with like without even any question. Mm-hmm. Hughes was Hughes was awesome, but uh if you look at pure skill for a skills competition, yeah. It's a skills competition after all, right? It's in the name. Skills yeah. competition. You gotta kinda have skill. Um zegras fucking mop
0: the floors. Mop the floors. <laughs> oh. Love it. Uh there was one clip. I'm not sure if you saw it even. Uh, that was they I think it's isn't it on the Thursday or like earlier in the Friday, they have a mascots game they do or, yeah <laughs> like you know and wild wing was one of the goalies and i'm not sure who the other goalie was and stuff like that but it's always just funny seeing like the pictures of that because <laughs> it, it reminds me of like threes on the nhl games right where you can pretend like, yeah, except gonna those, beat them except those, those guys can actually skate on threes. Yeah, exactly what that I was like howler? Say, that's exactly where i was going with this i'm like man if this doesn't sum up the arizona coyotes and the nhl as a whole right you throw a mascot out there which you know what you're when you get hired to be a mascot i don't think they're normally expecting you to go out and skate i totally nope. <laughs> get it they're expecting you to like hop up on the glass and you know entertain the fans right yeah, like yeah. kind of in between plays i totally get it but man just seeing that clip though of how they're kind of shuffling along the ice i'm just like oh man yeah it was it was hard <laughs> it
2: was a hard watch and you know you've you kind of put it perfectly that just sums up the arizona coyote season <laughs> And yeah. I guess future to a T seeing as they're going to be playing at ASU, but uh, yeah, it, we'll, it we'll
0: of- see. I mean, they have the deal signed, but I don't think if I honestly think if they don't get the Tempe deal done, then what's the point of being at ASU, right? There's not going to be anywhere to play there after. So <laughs> i staying in
2: Arizona. Oh, oh,
0: Gary, Gary, the minute Gary Bettman is no longer
2: the G or excuse me, GM, the commissioner of the NHL, the very next day, the Yotes are going to announce the relocation because this man will do everything in his damn power to keep hockey in the desert, even though it's failed and failed and failed and failed. But this guy just loves the desert for some reason. Like, it's a failed project, and he's just got to move on. That'll be my, yeah.
0: my two cents about the-, <laughs> there some the Coyotes. It does make me feel bad for Atlanta hockey fans who, right? you know, they were just kind of put in shitty situations, but they got given two chances, and it got taken away just as quickly, right? Whereas. Yeah. Yeah, Arizona's been stuck there the whole time. Like when you and this isn't a slight, obviously, on the great one, but when you have to bring in Wayne Gretzky, who has yeah. zero coaching experience to try to bring people to your games and that sort of thing, right? Like you're you're kind of hitting a wall there already. And that was what, 10 years ago at this point? Bad, like, bad, bad. Yeah. bad. <laughs> Not so, good. The, the the saving grace, and I've said this, you know, when well, we've had Corey and Richie on uh, mm-hmm. who do the the sporty show um i've just said it just on my own the saving grace of the arizona coyotes is they brought back the kachinas full-time this year absolutely beautiful but i still can't get my hands on one because they're just the the jersey is that popular it's so hard
2: dude oh my god yeah Yeah, they're they're
0: they're impossible to find i'll get one eventually you will i believe in you yeah uh, all right, so yeah, the reason again that we have Audie on today is the Calgary Flames are going to be playing against the Anaheim Ducks on Wednesday. They'll be in Calgary. It's a 6.30 p.m. Pacific start. Uh, it'll definitely be an entertaining game. It's going to be one that I'm going to go through an existential crisis about. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it's been happening for the last three years, so I just I had to just prepare myself for it. Uh, I got some, uh, this isn't an advertisement, but I got some Budweiser's in the in the fridge purely just for watching flames home game, like home games. So I can yeah. feel like I'm at the saddle dome and you know, it's not quite as hard hitting as dome foams, but uh, I might have to have a couple just to relax yeah, myself say, before this say, game. If you, if you go, like if you pour yourself a bud, just pour it in a glass, go outside, grab some dirt
2: and just sprinkle a little bit in, mix it up. You can, you can feel <laughs> like you're drinking a dome foam leave it out in the sun for a few hours and then put it in the <laughs> fridge it gets fermented a little there might be
0: a little like film on the top that's okay you can just pick that off throw it out and then you got a dome foam yeah it's it's either that or you mix it with like a shot of vodka so that it really hits you yeah you mix it with a <laughs> shot of vodka and no actually uh, not vodka you got to do everclear cuz that shit hits hard
2: <laughs> <laughs> everclear and then just like one of those five-hour
0: energies just dump it all in there yeah <laughs> and you've
2: uh you've got yourself dome foam concoction
0: <laughs> oh man we'll have to meet we'll uh we'll have to meet up at a at a flames game again here soon because uh yeah just to to watch some hockey and oh, uh, definitely get some dome foams and uh some pocket dogs and that sort oh, of thing my, now, that, my, now that we can again yeah my diet's gonna be out the window the next time i go to a flames game again <laughs> so uh, all right, before we wrap up here, we're going to do our What's Quacking" segment. We don't have, you know, the, the sound effects of that this time because Carter's not here. He has everything on his keyboard, and I keep saying that I need a keyboard with these sound effects so that I can have some control of this stuff too, but please' <laughs> keep forgetting to do it. So instead of our usual What's Quacking," where we kind of pull something from the internet and, you know, have a have a joke about it or that sort of thing, I want to play a game with you, Audie. Sure. We're going to play uh, just a word association game. So I'm going to give you a person of the nhl right player Mm -hmm. executive that sort of thing you're gonna give me a about like a uh like a twitter posts worth so like two three sentences uh about this person your thoughts on them all right okay we do have some flames uh personnel in there we have some ducks personnel as well as just around the rest of the league so i'm kind of curious with a few of these names so okay let's hear it we'll uh we'll, we'll give you a we'll give you a softie here to start Johnny Gaudreau. Oh, Johnny Gaudreau in a couple sentences. Um,
2: damn, it's hard to sum up though. Yeah. Soft one. Yeah. It's soft, (laughs) but it's like, it's, it's difficult. Um, Johnny Gaudreau is the catalyst and heartbeat of the Calgary flames offensively. And recently is the entire package. That's that's what I would say in a in a quick. And the reason I say recently is because under this Daryl Sutter system, my God, is he ever defensively responsible now? Yeah, um, he's been doing great. Back checking, getting into the dirty areas. He's not throwing his body around, but I mean, I don't know why
0: you would expect him to. He's a little guy. But, <laughs> I think uh, he's my height actually. Like, yeah, he's it says yeah. he's listed at 5'9", but I think it was uh, was it Sean Monahan who was like, I think that's a lie. He's like yeah. five, seven, so I'm like, yeah, he's that's tiny. my height.
2: Let's go. <laughs> he's tiny, so
0: yeah, I would say the
2: yeah, he's the catalyst and heartbeat of Flames' offense. And until recently, uh, or recently, I guess, is, uh, is becoming more defensively responsible too.
0: Alright, next one here, Corey Perry.
2: <laughs> Very glad he is no longer an Anaheim Duck because <laughs> now I can actually respect his game. <laughs> because Corey perry was a fucking weasel for years and years and years in anaheim and now he just he just finds himself in cup finals year after year and he's proving to be like you know age hasn't really caught up to him yet in the sense that he's still a very capable guy so yeah. uh, I, my, as he moves later in his career i gain a little bit more respect for him <laughs> because he's one year closer to retiring <laughs>
0: And one year removed, one more year. And removed, one year from removed Anaheim. from Anaheim. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next one Brad Treliving. Oh.
2: <laughs> oh, Brad. Um, <laughs> Brad Treliving, what he lacks in ability to make any sort of good deal, he makes up for in his contr- contract negotiations. And drafting uh, capabilities. I'll, I won't go too hard on him. What he lacks for in making a deal when it matters the most, he makes up for in becoming someone who can get those deals done when they need to be done and uh, has a very good scouting department that he relies on for his drafting.
0: Backhanded compliment. I love it. I was going to say, <laughs> if that's
2: not the most backhanded way to
0: tell someone that they're kind of shit, but kind of good. that's the way it's a textbook definition uh all right next one john gibson john
2: gibson uh yeah i would say never never i've never disliked this guy um i'd say he's been pretty solid his entire career and you know you you don't there's it's hard to find a reason to not like the guy um, he's, he's heavily relied on. He has been heavily relied on. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything bad to say about the guy. He's, he's solid and he's, he's been solid his whole career. Just a reliable guy. Is that fair? You think? Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: Good. We'll go with it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to start to stray now away from our two teams. Okay. We're going to stay in the Pacific division to start with though. Okay. Connor McDavid.
2: Oh, you know what? I'm going to quote Steve Dangle because he said it best for Eric Carlson years and years and years and years ago. Connor McDavid, or the Edmonton Oilers are wasting Connor McDavid's prime years like ripe fruit on a dead tree. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what Steve had to say about the Ottawa Senators. Oh, Dangle's hilarious. I love
0: him. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll say that the
2: Oilers are wasting the prime of McDavid's career like ripe fruit on a dead tree.
0: There was uh there's a picture going around from the All-Star weekend of uh McDavid and Machine Gun Kelly talking. And <laughs> yeah. oh man, some of the memes that were coming oh, out of that was so good. I think one of my favorites that I saw though was like, "Hey, I liked your outfit tonight. It reminded me of my house." <laughs> 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 Have you ever been outside the McDavid mansion before? I've never been outside it, but I've
2: seen like the pictures and uh, people because I'm pretty sure that it overlooks like a like a walking path or like there's a trail not too far. Yeah, so it kind of dips into a quick coolie there. Yeah, Um, and people take pictures all the time.
0: Yeah, we uh, we were up in Edmonton uh, in November there visiting some buddies and uh we were driving to one place and he's like hey we're gonna kind of be near the mcdavid place if you want to go i'm like yeah let's go check it out so yeah, why not you know got to it, we didn't get to see it in action luck uh unfortunately but uh we did get to see the heated driveway and the massive black house it does look beautiful from the outside though i gotta say
2: yeah for sure but. it's uh again that's like a diamond in the rough because it's a very nice house in the city of edmonton so
0: yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh all right we're gonna head uh out east here for this one tom wilson oh man
2: oh man tom wilson um tom wilson is the scum of the earth (laughs) but is such a good hockey player he's a very good hockey player but he's a fucking shitty person um that's that's i think if i'm gonna sum it up in two or less sentences he better be thankful he's got god-given talent because if he was anything, oh, he's just not a good guy. He's not a good guy. I don't respect him. I don't. I, I don't respect that guy, um, whatsoever. I think he's better, a dirty.
0: Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, go just ahead.
2: a dirty player, and and he'll never. I don't think he'll ever gain my
0: respect. Better or worse than Sean Avery? Oh fuck! <laughs> better, better,
2: better. Um, I k, I k. There's a there's a long list of people I despise and Sean Avery <laughs> might
0: be at the very top of that list. Just a fucking scumbag. Oh. All right, let's well, might be one more person that Jay. I think I think we're kind of hitting the people that we all just might despise at this point. I'm just <laughs> curious on your thoughts though. Uh we're going to head back out west to uh arrival of both of our teams as well in the Pacific Division. The LA Kings drew Doughty. Okay, this is not going to be what you think it's going to be from All right.
2: Um Drew Doughty is one of if might be my favorite defenseman of all time, Ooh, uh, and to. the reason I'll give a little bit of a backstory. Uh, I'll just say for my two sentences or less, Drew Doughty holds a soft spot in my heart, and will forever be one of my favorites. I grew up in Guelph, Ontario, not in the United States, contrary to popular belief. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I,
0: I don't know why I had that in my head for so long. I, I was for that. so <laughs> no, don't be.
2: I was like so confused. I'm sitting. There, I'm like is he fucking with me right now? Like, am I, is he yanking my
0: leg or something? And no, I, I straight up thought that like you were born in Pittsburgh oh, and that's no. where like the penguins came from. And then you would moved to Ontario, then moved to Alberta. No, no, no. I was
2: born in Guelph, Ontario, home of the storm, which coincidentally is where Drew Doughty played in the Ontario hockey league. Um, and being able to like, it's, it's sweet. Be, and you know, being from medicine hat, you'd know the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to follow careers of players who play at that level in the WHL, um, or WHL, OHL, CHL pretty much. Right. Yeah. Uh, and follow their careers into the NHL because as a kid, you watch them and you're like, damn, like these guys, you know, they come to your school, they read you books, they like do things at your <laughs> local library and stuff. And then it's like, damn, now this guy like has two Stanley cups. And he's like, you yeah. know, it's like, it's like, damn, like I watched this guy from literally the beginning. And that's kind of where I stand with Drew Doughty as well.
0: Yeah, man. Like you could just name off. You, you, you mentioned the, uh the tigers there with medicine hats and, Man, like I, I was really little when I saw it, but like Jay bomeister uh, go a little bit further. You got Darren Helm, you got Tyler Ennis. I was gonna say Tyler Ennis, and yeah, uh, God, who else? I've got guys like that. Because um, like, because even had in edom for a while. Who yeah, with Anaheim. Uh, which you know, I I wish it really, I wish it had worked out there. So the guy, the guy had scored. It was fifty-one and fifty the one <laughs> season in the WHL, and it was funny. I came out. Of a, facebook will pop up with like hey you have memories from this day and that was yeah, sort of yeah. A, that was just a couple of days ago actually it was uh me posting like yeah emerson Needham with 51 and 50 now so that's crazy yeah but. i don't know and emerson Needham i wish it would have panned out because i had a lot
2: of his rookie cards
0: yeah
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i was he was a guy that i was banking on having a, having a good nhl career and now they're sitting in my cabinet <laughs> collecting <laughs> dust because nobody
0: will buy them <laughs> oh man uh all right we got one more here sure We're going to end it off on a high note. I have a feeling I know who it is. Okay. Give me your guess. Because I'm just following the trend. Is it going to be Brad Marchand? No, it's not. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. We're going to go uh, with an executive for this last one here. Gary Bettman. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Well. I think that almost sums it
2: up right there. (laughs) Well, Gary Bettman. Okay. I don't want to be too critical because I don't think he's all bad. Um Gary Bettman has done a lot of things to grow the game of hockey in places where we didn't think it would succeed but in the same breath will not <laughs> relinquish or 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 make rights in a market where it is struggling and has failed for years thus kind of proving his incompetence if that makes sense Vegas was like not many people thought it was going to be a great market, but then at the same time you've got two. I was one of them. Got, yeah, and, and same with me. You know, you've got, but then you think about it, it's like okay, it's Vegas. There's always people there. There's so much traffic. Uh, you know, so many attractions. This just adds to uh, an already super rich like tourist city. Mm-hmm. Arizona, on the other hand. <laughs> You got snowbirds, that's about it. That's it. Snowbirds are people that, like, like I'm planning a bachelor party for a buddy who we want to go golfing down there. Um, Like, that's it. You just go down there to hang out and play golf. And then it's like, you know, you got ASU and stuff like that. But just failing. So that kind of just more and more proofs his incompetence, I think, as a commissioner in this league. He's been doing it for too long, too. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that is fair. It,
0: It has been a long time. What was it? 1993. Was when he was introduced as the commissioner yep. of the NHL. And before that, it wasn't even a commissioner; it was a president. And I yeah. forget the name of who Ooh, it forget was. Too. But, so I can't remember. But uh, well, I think he was like a, a year into it, or yeah, a year into it, and they already had uh, their first half-season lockout there with uh, the '94-'95 season, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, yeah, it's right, right away just a sign of things to come. I think so.
2: It was Gil Stein. In ninety two, ninety three, right. and then prior yeah. to that was John Ziegler from yeah. seventy seven to ninety two. So Gil
0: Stein did it for a year. And then okay. they said, you know what, this Gary Bettman guy <laughs> And he came over from the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. Fairly so he was like the assistant commissioner did. or something like that, or Yeah. Something like, like, like he that. had like he had like Bill Daly's position, I think, in the NBA. But... Yeah, yeah. It was like a like a deputy commissioner kind of thing. Yeah. So all right well i think that's the episode for us thank you again audi for uh oh, for joining me today it was so much fun to, to to chat with you and chat just general hockey and flames and ducks for and sure. all that kind of stuff uh let them let, let everybody know where to where to find you where to find the show and uh, yeah. yeah
2: yeah of course um well obviously on the same network the hockey podcast network the barn burner hockey podcast you can find us where Uh, We put out a weekly show just kind of geared around the Calgary Flames and and other news in the the NHL. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Audie James, uh, A-U-D-D-I-E James. And then uh, you can find me on the home broadcasts if you are subscribed to Hockey TV for the Drumheller Dragons and the occasional fill-in on Real Country 910 and Drumheller. Uh, and a new venture that I'll be starting next week, uh, as a contributor to locked on flames over on the locked on network with, uh, Jess Belmosto. So
0: oh, awesome. another,
2: another venture that's, uh, that I'll be going down as well. So just, a, a that one's new. So I'll be, not many people know that yet, but uh, that's, uh, that's uh, that'll be starting next week once I'm onboarded with uh, with them. So I'll be double dipping in the hockey pod or the hockey networks in in terms of <laughs> podcasting. So uh, looking forward to that one too, but the barn burner's not going anywhere. I'm still still like, we're still Perfect. doing a regular thing, just a weekly hit uh, with Jess once a week because uh, it is a daily show that she runs over there. So I'll mm-hmm. be just doing a weekly kind of check in with her. Man, Jess is awesome. It'll be so She's cool awesome.
0: to see you two work together. So Yeah,
2: it'll be great. I'm looking forward to uh to working with her. It's just a once a week hit, which is great cuz she still gets her show, which I wanted her to keep the whole time. I'm like I don't yeah. want to step on any toes. Uh but it will just be a weekly check-in where I'm kind of like a like a contributor co-host kind of thing. So
0: it'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Awesome. And even though he's not here, you guys can follow Carter on Twitter at Carter underscore pots, P O T T S underscore 97. You can follow the show at Quack Report Pod on Twitter. Check us out on YouTube, like and subscribe. And same with our Twitch channels. You can find us on Instagram as well. Uh, You can find myself on Twitter at Tate Namas, T A T E N H O M A S. Again, be sure to like and subscribe. Give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you're looking at, and we will catch you all for the live stream on Wednesday, which will be following the game against the Calgary Flames. We'll see you guys next time.